Today's on Seminary Podcast episode is brought to you by Church Community Builder. I love how these guys help church leaders make and grow disciples by providing software and coaching focused on improving operational effectiveness. Church Community Builder provides leaders like me with insights into engagement of our church community, helping us close the gaps that allow people to slip away unnoticed. Visit churchcommunitybuilder.com to learn more. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Happy Thursday. Hopefully you are having a good week. Uh, Listen, I am so glad that you've tuned in today. You're going to be really rewarded for that. We've got a great leader, a guy by the name of John Finkeldy, uh, who is all the way from Australia, really a post-Christian context. And John today is going to dig in to the lessons he's learning from leading there. I think you're going to find this both an inspirational and highly applicable podcast. So you'll be rewarded for tuning in all month, talking with church leaders around Celebrate the launch of my new book. It's called Unreasonable Churches. It launches in just a few days, November 1st. Uh, The subtitle tells it all. It's 10 churches who zagged when others zigged and saw more impact because of it. Listen, I wrote this book really for you and your team and have structured every uh, 10 chapters where we talk about points for your team to act on. So really what we've tried to do is make this very applicable for your people uh, to apply. I'm hoping really that what this will do is spur your church on to try some new things, to take some new risks in reaching uh, uh, with John from Australia. This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Hey, Rich. Great to be with you and with all the listeners today. Great to be back on the podcast. Nah, so so glad. John, why don't you kind of tell us about Australia? Give us the kind of spiritual climate, the makeup of your country. Yeah, look, uh, Australia is a very secular country, so it doesn't have a church-going culture. It has had in, in many decades ago. But the climate of the culture is that pretty well less than 10% of Australians would attend church on any given weekend. Wow. Uh, There's been a really long-term decrease in affiliation to Christianity. Looking at our census from over just over 100 years ago, 96% of people 100 years ago connected with being a Christian. Wow. Um, wow. Our census five years ago, that was down to 61%. So that's a massive mm-hmm. uh, fall away over a century. Hmm. Um, Australians aren't uh, generally a fairly anti-authoritarian culture anyway. <laughs> Um, but they're especially suspicious and cynical of churches and believers. So you find that people are not that open to an invite to church. So it's not like uh, an Australian generally won't get up on a Sunday and say, oh, which church should I go to today? Right. They're not thinking um, about that when they wake up on Sundays. Nah. Now, why, nah, why, more- why, you know, what, what's with the cynicism? What is that? Um, I, I always take it as like, I feel like my Australian friends have this great biting sense of humor. Um, yeah. You know, there is like a, yeah. which is great. Um, what is, what do you think has kind of made that culture? Yeah, look, I, I think it's, it's related probably a lot to our history and also probably our isolation as a nation. Um, that Australia is a fairly, um, you'd have to call it a fairly raw and rugged land in the sense of being pioneered. 
Um, so people coming out here, I think, had to kind of strike out on their own, make it work for themselves. So quite an independent sort of heart and spirit within Australians. And I, I think Australians, I, I put it down to a bit of our Irish background. We've got quite a lot of Irish connection back in our 19th century history, especially. I think they're quite uh, really there's a strong streak of anti-authoritarianism in Australia. And I think as we've grown up and broken away from Mother England, as she used to be called in our nation, um, we've kind of been like the uh, the teenager that's still yelling at our parents sort of yes. thing and wanting to prove ourselves. So if anyone comes with a sense of authority, like um, with the Bible or with uh, moralistic sort of teaching, uh, people are very cynical and very suspicious, suspicious of you. Mm -hmm. Even if you're coming from the government with a degree of authority or in the workplace of a degree of authority. So I think it's more than just church. I think it's kind of been bred into the, uh, the Australian psyche to kind of be cynical, sarcastic. We're known for being cutting in our humour and then suspicious. Um, so when people are inviting others to church, they have to really climb over into that relational space Absolutely. before they start saying, come to church. Yeah, there isn't kind of a... Um, hey, this is something, you know, necessarily this is important for you. It's like this has got to work for you relationally, you know, for people to want to plug in. I know one of the things I love about yep. kind of, um, again, my my um, non-sociologist, uh, you know, thumbnail sketch <laughs> of the half a dozen Australians. We used to have a couple Australians on, on staff at, at Liquid. Okay. And um, the, the th one of the things I love is there is like a, a kind of fun loving, um, yeah. you know, happy culture. Like it, it is like, a, I remember I saw this video once of a prime minister who I think was getting ready for a, um, a video interview and his, and they, he didn't realize he was on camera that they were doing a setup yeah. and he was like, he, he was like changing his pants. And so here's the prime minister leader of the country, you know, with his pants down in this, you know, live shot. And the thing is, so I thought that was funny and great, but even more so, yeah. the prime minister just kind of rolled with it. It was just like, bah, yeah. well, there it is, where I think, yep. you know, I think sometimes in other cultures, that kind of thing is, there is like a referential kind of like yeah. treatment of leaders, and you would never, if that got caught, you know, the, the PR people would clamp down on that. You've got to delete this file. This is never going to happen. We can't let our leaders be seen like that. But then I yeah. just loved it. It was just like, bah, you know, whatever. This is kind of life. So... That's fun. Yeah, so Australians have that informality about them mm. that, again, is a bit of a reaction to our Mother England formality class system, very egalitarian. Right. So uh, an Australian leader that's kind of caught short, as it were, in that situation <laughs> would probably win. Uh, there'd be a bit of laughs, but probably Australians would generally be endeared to that right. leader, right. Um, seeing the very human side of them. So as a, as a Christian, you, you cannot go to some sense of, uh, spirituality and in, in a sense of you know I'm holier than you I'm I'm kind of closer to God than you you can't go with that feel that. to an Australian because of our egalitarianism as well very strong in our culture yeah I think I, you know that's an interesting uh, you know this idea of the authority figure um, you know I think that mm. is true I think I think there is generally and you know I know in, in kind of North American culture there's a you know significant erosion of this idea that well just because yeah. that leader says so <laughs> I should yeah. do that. You're like, what are you talking about? So yeah. how, how yeah. is and what's God kind of using in your culture to see people come connect, you know, get connected to, you know, to churches and ultimately connected to Christ? You know, one of the things I've loved about your background is you've obviously mm. have a passion for your your country, but you've really seen some amazing things happen. Um, so what is it that you think God's using uh, to see an impact in your community? 
Yeah, I, I think there's a number of things, and I think it does come back to this. Um, uh, Australians love people who are authentic. So any phony or flake, uh, and that's why Australians will sometimes be sarcastic and almost um, put people down mm. just to see what's in them, see what right. comes out and how real they are. So for an Australian church to make an impact in their community, there has to be a deep, deep connection with, hey, this is, this is what it's really like to be a Christian. And that, that translates into then very pragmatic sort of exercises and so on. But uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm actually seeing, um, and it's kind of fairly recent as well, I'm talking with pastors. In fact, I was talking with a pastor in the uh, eastern states of Australia about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he was talking about the breakthrough he'd had in his church and seeing people come to Christ from all sorts of different backgrounds, was that he, he began to really seek the Lord and really pray mm-hmm. and just talking with another uh, another pastor recently, same sort of uh, deal going on in their heart as well. That I that I think when the when the soil is hard, you really do need to have a, a sense of going to the Lord and getting spiritual breakthrough in your area, mm-hmm. uh, in your own heart, and and probably that I think precipitates then a shift of attitude towards unbelievers, towards people who are far from Christ. Mm-hmm. So I think pastors beginning to kind of really go, you know what, unless I, unless I get a breakthrough from the Lord, anything I'm going to try is not really going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think good. pastors also, sorry. No, I think that's good. That's a good, I, I love that kind of internal, let's start with our own. You know, man, this has yeah. got to connect inside of us. It's got yeah. to change us. And I know yeah. that's like maybe an easy thing to you know roll past, but I love that you've started there. Yeah. You know, when we're trying yeah. to reach out into cultures that are cynical, that are post-Christian, they've got yeah. to see transformed lives first. They've got to say, you know, does, does yeah. it work for that guy? Does it, does it seem to yeah. make any difference in his life? I love that. Yeah. And I think pastors in Australia who get a hold of this um, sort, of, sort of passion for Christ afresh, mm-hmm. then they get a passion for what Christ has a passion for, which is definitely people who are lost, people who are going to a lost eternity. So I think then also pastors, where I see church growth going on in Australia, Pastors are doing their own connection to non-Christians, and you know what it's like in a in a pastoral life. You can live a fairly monastic lifestyle where you kind of work in a church. Um, you've kind of got people around you who are Christians all the time, or your friends are Christians. So pastors I know who have grown churches are deliberately breaking out of this mold of I'm locked down into my office, I'm locked down to my lifestyle. They're getting out. They're doing things like joining a sports club, a photography club, uh, connecting with their neighbours, maybe through their sports or, or school communities. But they're making uh, endeavours to break down the connections, um, you know, to kind of, sorry, build up the connections between themselves and non-Christians, break down the walls that are there so that when they come to their church to talk about, hey, uh, we have this special uh, event coming up in four weeks' time in our church. It's a plus one event. Bring someone else, bring one other to the event that doesn't know the Lord or is a Christian who's away from the Lord at the moment. Pastor's saying, hey, I'm, here's the person I'm inviting, and they're modeling it, and that always produces momentum uh, within a church as well. Mm, no, I think that's so good. I, you know, I, I think sometimes, obviously, a big part of the way we're trying to make an impact in our communities is by in, in, you know, in, encouraging our people to invite their friends. And, yeah. you know, I've said to so many pastors over the years, listen, we, you can't get up and say, please invite someone. If yeah. even if even if you don't tell people this is the person I'm inviting, 
people can yeah. read that stuff pretty clearly. You know, they're, yeah. they know if they're yeah. being sold a bill of goods um, and it changes, it changes your, you know, perception. Um, and, and also yeah. changes the, frankly, you'd be like, I'm not sure anybody, I'm not, none of my friends had come to this thing. So why am I trying to get <laughs> other people to come to it? Uh, you know, so then, that's I, right. I, so I, if, as people are making those connections, they're making those bridge to the community, what is that looking like, you know, from there that as they've kind of developed those relationships, but then how, what are they, what is, what is that looking like in churches that are growing in your yeah, world? So churches are doing number of things. They're doing a number of what I'd call non Sunday connection moments. Mm. And there's a lot of youth and children's programs. Uh, use that are fairly regular uh, children's and kids programs through churches so be a, there's a program called mainly music that is about um, kids basically coming that's really young children coming to kind of explore music and sing and play a few instruments it's kind of a fun sort of event but churches are holding that after school within their buildings uh, they're having post-school sort of sessions um, for kids we have other sort of programs fun programs as well play groups even childcare centers and then going actually out into schools, providing school breakfast, lunchtime school programs. So uh, churches are aiming at that under 20 generation, the students and children's generation, to get a seed in there early in the piece. So chaplaincy uh, now in Australian uh, schools is a massive uh, thing where Christian chaplains are in primary schools and in high schools. Really? Pretty well across Australia now, and I would say almost, I would suggest probably 90% of high schools, and this is government schools in huh. Australia. Uh, what does that look like? What does that, tell me about that. That seems, yeah. that seems like such an opposite to an increasingly secular, you know, culture yeah. to then say, well, we yeah. also have this kind of strong chaplaincy. Tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's an interesting thing, and it probably started rolling about 20 years ago when churches realized we're not reaching our schools. So churches began to strategize, how can we get into the school? The best way is to provide someone who's there um, full-time during the week as a counseling uh, aid, as a connection point for students who's not a teacher and, and involved in, in the authoritarian structure of the, of, of the school, but is there as a comfort care counseling sort of mode coming alongside the students. So as churches began to raise money and put chaplains into schools, what they found was that the greatest supporters of the chaplains uh, were not the churches actually or the pastors, it was the school principals. Really? They thought the ones who opened the doors said, okay, you come in as a Christian chaplain, you cannot preach the gospel, uh, but come in here as a Christian chaplain, we know you're connected to a church. And they found they had such a positive impact on the kids. Uh, eventually, word spread around and these principals would kind of say, I, I, I need one of those chaplains. And by the way, don't leave in a hurry, hang around here for a few years. Wow. And then the government said, you know what, this, this program is helping schools so much will actually put government money into help funding uh, these chaplains. So cool. churches raise money for them. Government puts money in as well. And that then gives a, a tremendous footing for the church to go in with a lunchtime program or a program because the reputation of the church is built massively. Now, uh, there are a number of um, kind of uh, certain commentators in the media who are completely opposed to chaplains right. because of the Christian feel of it. But if you talk to any school principal with a chaplain, they'll say, get your hands off, you leave the right. chaplain here. Right. Well, I would that. imagine at its at its core, at its base level, there's a little bit of the, the principals are like, it's one more person to help me with these kids. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. what you, yeah. you know, with the government cutting so much spending, we're, you know, we're down yeah. so many staff from 10 years ago. Hey, here's one more person. Even if it's yeah. like picking up an occasional 
you know, sports team or, you know, hey, yeah. I'll help with a kid who's struggling or and, and mm. teachers know, principals know, you know, there's so many kids going through stuff at home, having an extra person yeah. to provide some emotional support. Wow, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Huh, that's cool. It's it's been a, a revolution, I think, in the last twenty years in Australia and hmm. and I think then as churches have got a reputation of, of being credible, right. um, also being considerate of boundaries uh, and so on, then they've been able to channel kids who are interested in faith uh, towards church youth group programs in the area. And so I, I think the harvest is still young uh, around the globe and definitely is in Australia where we're seeing significant numbers of young people and children one to Christ through programs uh, that are connected to chaplains as well. Uh, before we move on to some other stuff, I, I just want to kind of focus, I want to pull something out. Um, there seems to mm. be a common thread that prevailing churches um, invest time, resources, and leadership into next generation ministries. Um, yeah. All the things you've just described, that, that does seem to be almost a universal global you know, reality yeah. that um, if you look at churches that are really, you know, that are reaching people and are growing, they all have a... They don't look at their kids' ministry as like, wow, that's just like, let's just take care of those people. Let's kind of warehouse them until they get old enough. They see it as, hey, this is a strategic, you know, opportunity for the gospel. And that's yeah. what I hear is happening here in Australia as well. Yeah, yeah you're right, Rich. And I, I think what happens is uh, as pastors, and, and if a pastor is, is and a church is very low in people getting um, baptized, people come to Christ, getting baptized and disciple. Where, where I generally start the pastor off is I, I start challenging them to begin preaching on evangelism, uh, to have uh, one or two series in a year to preach down there. Because I know if they're authentic, um, when they preach, they'll have to be modeling it and therefore it will stir all sorts of things. And as soon as they start getting intentional about evangelism, they realize that winning people to Christ before they're 20 is a lot easier than winning them when they're after 25, 30, 35 and locked into a lifestyle. So they start to read the fruit that they see in children's ministry, youth ministry, compared to adult ministry. Not that people don't get saved plus 25, but the numbers are, are fairly fairly, I think, solid in terms of giving oh, us good absolutely. data on when people come to Christ, that pastors realize, oh, okay, I'm putting a lot of work in here on different age groups, but where I'm getting fruit is that high school student generation, university generation and children. So then pastors are switched on, begin to pour resources. And it's the intentionality that I really try and work with pastors that are low in this area. Get intentional get focused and you will bear fruit. Um, and it's not like in a, a country like Australia where it's, it, while it's, it's kind of not, not a church going population, you can still win people to Christ, mm. um, but you have to be seriously intentional about it and keep it focused as the number one endeavor of your church. It's not just, you're not gonna have just a dozen people wander into church on a Sunday because they're looking for a church to go to. Right. That doesn't happen. Now, what about on the adult side? Are there things that you're seeing, you know, that, that do seem to be, I totally agree that there is this, like, in some ways, it's like, we work to try to reach kids before, say, they're 20, and then we spend the yeah. next 40, 50 years, you know, trying to, you know, reach yeah. all the people who we yeah. didn't reach when they were kids, and there's, you know, it takes a lot of time, effort, yeah. and energy. What are some of those things that are working on the adult side, or you're seeing God use on the adult side? Yeah. There's, some, there's a great program called Messy Church, mm. uh, which comes out of England, mm -hmm. um, which is basically a 45-minute service for the entire family. And it's particularly aimed at uh, unchurched families where mum and dad come with their children and for 45 minutes have a mini church service and then mm. sing a couple of songs, do an offering, 
a bit of activity that's a family activity that involves mum and dad and the children, and then uh, have a short sermon, then have coffee and connection. And people have been won to Christ through Messy Church across Australia. Cool. That's been moved more in uh, Salvation Army or in Anglican circles where that concept has been used, but it's definitely bearing some fruit. Hmm. Um, Recovery-type programs, there's a, a wonderful couple uh, here, Alan Meyer, and his wife Helen uh, run a great program called Life Keys, mm. Care Force Life Keys in Australia, that has brilliant recovery type um, seminars and courses. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. Community meals. So putting on meals in low socioeconomic areas once a week bringing people in for a meal and then sharing the gospel through the meal. So I know a friend of mine with a church in Sydney has seen Muslims mm. wonder Christ through that program. And my friend here in Perth has seen people wonder Christ as well through that programs. But it, it, it's, it's kind of a combination of that, um, if you like, I, I, I guess that kind of helping people, sort of community meal, Christmas hamper program, right through to helping them um, with areas that they're wrestling with in problematic areas in their life, right through to kind of like come to messy church. It's kind of like the church that you think you'd like to go to with your kids. <laughs> There's right. a whole range of programs that I think are working in Australia, especially with, with adults. Hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Wow, this has been amazing. You know, I, this has been great, you know, so far. I really, mm. uh, really appreciate it. We're going to pivot a little bit. I'm going to ask you, you know, John, one of the things I've appreciated about these interviews, I'm going to ask you to speak with a prophetic voice as a leader, your mm. global leader, who's, you know, has mm. made a lot of influence. And you obviously know the American culture. Um, in some ways, I think... Um, leaders who are just outside of our culture, outside of what happens here in the States, in some ways maybe see our culture a little clearer. And so yeah. I'd love for you to kind of speak to, to American you know, church leaders. The vast majority of people who listen to our podcast are you know, serving in yeah. the States. What would you say yeah. as someone who's leading in a community where less than 10% attend church on a regular basis? I think in a lot of ways, our culture is shifting to a really a post, you know, post-Christian culture as well, if it's not there already. Um, what would yeah. you say yeah. you know, to church leaders? What should we be thinking about? Yeah, so probably a few thoughts on that, uh, Rich. One would be lead from the front. Uh, be authentic. You, you can't get away with, I, I'm the past. Just do what I say. Ignore what I'm doing. Right. You have to be real. It's got to be real and relevant. You have to have your own stories of trying to lead someone to Christ, trying to invite a non-Christian, trying to build non-Christian friendship. And also, don't be afraid to put your failures up there. Mm. You know, I remember standing in my foyer at my church waiting for a friend of mine to turn up. who said they were coming. And then didn't turn up, you know, mm. and kind of like, oh, no, okay, this is what it feels like. And you've got to lead from the front. I, I think also lead with prayer, mm. uh, seek the Lord, uh, allow the Lord to, to break your own heart about the condition of lost people and lost people in the community. Mm. And let, let that prayer, let that sense of encounter with God, of 
about about people who don't know Christ. Let it bleed into your preaching. Mm. Um, let it kind of weave its way into your preaching. That that through your preaching, there there comes this this kind of woven theme that that is not always intentional, but it's coming out of your heart and spirit mm. of the necessity of our church being an outward focused church, an outward looking church, reaching people for mm. Christ. Sure, we'll shepherd and disciple everyone here. But, but our number one deal is to go and make disciples um, through our community. Mm. And I think probably a third thing is really analyze your community uh, and its needs and align your church's resources with the needs. Mm. So even some things I'll, I'll say to pastors in Australia is um, go down to your, your local cafe, your local coffee shop, mm-hmm. have a look at the decor there or, or go down to a restaurant, a cafe that people really like being around and then go back to your own building and maybe maybe change the paint color, mm. maybe change some of the decor, <laughs> um, maybe just align your building with favorite kind of places that people like to hang out in your community. Mm. Mm. So um, that, that may be harder in certain styles of buildings and styles of church, mm-hmm. but I think if you've got the option to kind of change the decor, the colors, mm-hmm. uh, the seating, the feel mm. of your foyer, the whole feel of your building, align it with where people like to go in your community. So you reduce the gap mm. between your community and between your church. And I think that's one of the very simple, pragmatic ways to analyze yeah, your what it wants and then grab your church's resource and say, where can we meet a need? Where can we connect with our community? Um, and actually in, in Australia, part of the consulting I do is is having a look at church buildings and saying, mm-hmm. okay, past the, the walls are all beige, so obviously a committee decided on this colour. Why, why don't you go to the local favourite cafe in there, look at the colours, put those colours on your wall. Oh, that's a great and, tactic. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and don't, and don't tell your church you need a committee to, for coloured choice. Just get a colour consultant, tell them to tell you the colours, uh, pick yourself up off the floor and then begin to paint. Get it yes. done. <laughs> get uh, it a shot. I love that. Say, that's hey. a great way to, I love the, the real community oriented approach to that. Like, yeah. hey, let's just figure out what the you know most popular place in town yeah. is. Go there and let's try to make our space look like that. That's a great yeah. idea. I love that. Very cool. Yeah. Do you think of the cafe in your area you like to go to get your coffee? Um, if it's too weird comparatively to your church or your ch- church is too strange compared to it, People are going to go, oh, okay, this, this is different. And yes. Church is weird enough without making yes. <laughs> stuff that we can change too right. different. Very cool. Well, John, I really appreciate this today. If people want to get in touch with you, um, you know, or with Grow a Healthy Church, mm-hmm. how can they do that? Yeah, look at our website, growahealthychurch.com. I blog there every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got resources uh, available there, free resources and uh, training and all sorts of uh, wonderful things there on our, on our website, growhealthychurch.com. Find me there or look me up on uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter, or Instagram, all, all, all over the place, Rich. I try and get out there as much as I can. No, I appreciate that. I would strongly recommend if you listen to the podcast, you really should be following John as well. He does a great job, great uh, great resources. Whether you're in Australia or anywhere else in the world, uh, you really should plug into him. John, thanks so much for being on the show today. My pleasure, Rich. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter 
at Rich Birch or through email, rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.